1: evening, morning, afternoon, whatever. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, gatekeeper of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own band, Helsink. With me, my co-host, my poor tired co-host, the gold standard, and I'd say the platinum standard, but and then in Ghost Hunting, Mr. Steve Passes. Good evening. Sorry, I was mid yawn then.
0: Well, what? Mid yawn. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Mid yawn. Oh, poor baby. I know, Till all these late nights.
1: So you mentioned Ghost Hunting off the edge. You've you been doing some stuff?
0: Uh, yeah, Monday. Um... As you know, I do another show um, on the West Files. uh, You're cheating on me, huh? Well, I've been doing it for four years. Anyway, (laughs) um, (laughs) um, they have got a temporary FM broadcast license um, as part of a trial. And so they decided it would be a really good idea to do a radio live ghost
1: hunt. That's never been done before. That's amazing. Oh,
0: only a (laughs) hundred times. But never in Pembrokeshire. Never uh, on the radio station. And let's say the planning left a little to be desired. Um, Yeah. Yeah. uh, Nothing. And I have to say it wasn't on my part. Uh, we got. I, I three... know. I was just going to
1: say, you're Mr. Planner. I, I yeah I couldn't figure that when you said that. But...
0: I got given three days notice um, of of this, oh. and um, I had to sort of try and pull it out. Then half the production, because they were going to send a, a producer on site with us mm-hmm. to handle the broadcast net side of things, leaving. Um, myself and the other presenter, Ronnie, to deal with... Who is a woman, in... by the way. Who is a woman. Yeah, okay. um, to deal with the ghost hunting side of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we chose a great... We had a great location. Um, a friend who is a curator of uh, a historic museum.
1: Can we mention uh, that now? Or...
0: Yeah, we can say. Um, you know, it was the... Uh, town museum at Haverford West Castle. So it was a thousand year old site. Ooh, sweet. Um with some interesting stories uh from the staff. So well worth well worth our time visiting. Um but then slowly people started to melt away. Like, and yeah. So um, we were due to go on air at nine PM for two hours and uh yeah the producer with the equipment and the tech to run the show no side nobody nada uh we got a frantic phone call at five past nine saying i'm on my way i'll be there in five minutes because the studio is literally five minutes drive away Mm -hmm. um And by I think it was by about nine thirty, we were fully on air. Um, I'm sorry, there's all sorts of weird paranormal things going on in the house this evening. Phones are going off by themselves. Cats behave misbehaving, and anyway, so if you can hear a phone in the background, it ain't mine. Um, Yeah, so the the remaining hour and a half of the show was fine, but it didn't get off to a great start, and then. just as we got the technology up and running, we we obviously because it's um, you know we were wanted to create the ambiance. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, as they always do in entertaining ghost hunts, we turn the lights off. Of
1: course,
0: uh, and as a, as a safety thing, we we issued everybody with glow sticks, so that hey, 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 hey. so that we could see it's one another. Happening. No, we didn't we've used them for years anyway yeah
1: yeah um, okay carry on
0: <laughs> have you ever had a glow stick explode no well we have on monday night get out of here it you know how you you crack them to um, yes 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 well yeah. they did that and this thing flew into about 10 different pieces oh my god uh, and scattered its glowing contents over the producer's laptop, the office that we were using as a base, <laughs> me, the carpet. One one benefit of that, though, is it was really easy to find and clean up with, the t- with towels. Fair enough. <laughs> so, um, and it doesn't... Oh, listen to this
1: phone. We can't hear it, it Steve, so don't worry about it.
0: It, um, yeah, it's, it never happened. I've used hundreds of glow sticks. Yeah, me too. Um, but it's the first first for me
1: to have one explode. Yeah, I've never really but, heard of it. I mean, I know there are some experiments you can do with it, and you get some neat effects uh, with uh Yeah,
0: sticks. because, I mean, the plastic is, is a very flexible, you know, right. non-rigid it's, plastic.
1: It's pliable because it's supposed to be. It's not yeah. supposed to come apart.
0: Yeah, the plastic on this particular one must have been defective because it was absolutely rigid.
1: Yeah, that um, it was old and it was just brittle. I mean, it just brittled out. It was
0: extremely brittle. Um, yeah. But it was it was in date according to the packaging. Oh, so um, there we are. Um, you're Chinese gonna, probably. Yeah, you're inevitably going to ask, uh, did anything paranormal happen? The answer is no. Yeah. Oh. Um, much as
1: other expected. than the, the, blow, the stick blowing up. Oh, and, and, and,
0: well, I was going to say, there were two unusual things that took place. The first okay. is, we were in one of the uh, exhibition rooms. Um, in fact, the room where most of the unusual reports, including a grey lady, have taken place. Um Whilst in there... um a very large blue bottle just landed on the ex- exhibition cabinet in front of us and just proceeded to wander around. It wasn't flying. It wasn't, you know how you know how you can, you know, if you if you go near a fly, uh, I'm off and it flies off. This one right. didn't. It just stood its ground. Yeah, um, yeah so there we. Are. That was a bit strange. Um, Did you say a blue light? A blue bottle fly.
1: Oh, a bottle fly. Okay, I—I I I was thinking of an actual bottle, and then you say no, that, you know, how they fly bottle. off. It's just like, okay, this. Is yeah, this no, no, you know, must be a, a language thing.
0: Yeah, But it. this one didn't fly away. It ah. just—it <laughs> just, yeah, it seemed to be quite attracted to um, the producer. Um, yep. now. As I said, nothing paranormal happened, but we were using, um, we had two radio microphones, we had um, a broadcast system that was you know, linked to the Wi-Fi to connect us to the studios, blah, right. blah, blah. Um, so at one point, we're, we're in one of the exhibition rooms and nothing had happened. We came back. Anyway, The next, the following day, yesterday... I decided to listen to the uh, disaster <laughs> um, <laughs> on the podcast or on the recording for the podcast. Right, right. And there is myself and the producer. Um, he's never been, he's, he's terrified of his own shadow, which is why we we, uh, we were taking him around and trying to persuade him to remain on his own for a couple of minutes um, inside the staff area. Ah. Whilst whilst I, you know, well, I'll I'll just close the door and I'll I'll go into the adjacent room. You'll be fine. And he was, oh no, I'm not staying in here. i There's no way am I staying in here. Over the top of us talking is another voice.
1: Hmm. Now it's male, highly... male.
0: Uh, sorry, male female. It's it it it's a, a sort of whispered voice. Now okay. I haven't. I haven't yet had the chance to um, do anything with the audio by way of uh, exactly. examining it. Yep. And my, at the moment, I I believe that it's most likely the other radio microphone picking up on uh, my co-presenter and uh, the museum curator. Mm. But it didn't sound like that. Right. But, you know, It could also be the wireless microphones themselves picking up on some nearby radio audio, but it didn't sound like that. In fact, it distinctly didn't sound like radio audio because, you know, if if it was a passing taxi, it would have been recognisable as an address or a can you go to. um,
1: It's usually not a
0: whisper either. And it's usually not a hoarse whisper either. Now, my co-presenter claims that she didn't speak, but people, you know, they forget, they, 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 you know, there was quite, there was, there were periods where we were communicating with one another off microphone by gesture and, you know, exaggerated mouth movements. Mm -hmm. So it might just be that uh, it'll turn out to be something and nothing, but it was interesting.
1: That's and the cool was, thing about it is, is and it was know, kind you, of fun. You know, yeah, we, you go we, through we it, you try to try to figure out what it is, you know, and and uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Now, I mean, you know, it's if people want to listen to it, if they go to purewestradio.com and then scroll back through the podcasts uh, to Monday night, just gone the twenty fifth, um, have a listen to it. Oh, maybe I'll do that then. It sounds interesting for me. So, um, but as I say, it was it was it what it was a bit of fun. Mm. That was that was the sole. The, my primary intention was to showcase the museum um, and the
1: exhibits in the museum. Right, because it is a uh, local station, so that makes it's sense. It's a local
0: station. Yeah. The museum is a is a fantastic local attraction, mm. um, and the curator, you know, he he uh, is a, uh, an acknowledged expert. Uh, not just on local history, but he has his own PhD um, on Welsh Welsh history and um, geopolitical geopolitical history. So he he's um, you know, but the museum is often overlooked. As a lot of these small town museums are, you know, they they exist on volunteers and um, you know the occasional contribution in the bucket. So, we wanted to give them a little bit of a plug and a showcase anyway. Oh, so, very good. Anyway, people can listen to it back. And
1: uh, once again, give the address up again, Steve. Maybe we can set up on our all, page.
0: Yeah, it's all one word purewestradio.com.
1: Pure, purewestradio.com. Okay, yeah, I'll put it up on the. I'll see if I can get the link and I'll put it up on our page too so that people can. And then people listen. can scroll to the podcast section, yeah. wherever that might be, and find it. Yeah. All right, that's all. I have a, I do have a couple of questions, and the first question is your co-host, Roddy. Uh, yeah. What, what are, is she a believer in the paranormal? I mean, what, what are her beliefs on on this? Uh? I, she's a complete um,
0: agnostic, has no beliefs one way or another. In fact, is is probably on the skeptical side of of the um, page. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, in fact, that's why that's why I, I invited it to be my co-host. What had happened was Ronnie was uh, a content producer for for the radio station back four years ago when when the whole thing started off. And her, jo- her role was to find interesting guests for all of the radio shows and um the west files you know I said to her, All right, i need uh, you know paranormal people and you know the the bizarre the strange mm. um anybody with wacky hobbies or strange collections uh you know send them to me and after after a couple of months um of to and fro via email she said what you know i've never met you because you know you come in at night after everybody's gone and you know, you, we, we self-produce. Um So I said, well, I you know, I usually get there an hour or so before. If you want to have a, pop in and say hi, have a cup of tea. So she did. And I said, uh, I've got to go down and set up studios. And I've never seen the studio. She said, what, you've been here for all this time and you've never, well, do you want to have a, you know, you can sit in while I do the show if you want to. I'd love to do that. So she sat in and I was talking to the guest and during the, the breaks with the guests, when we were playing some music, um, Ronnie would ask her own questions, you know, um, clarifying stuff that we talked about. And I realised actually she was asking the sort of questions I would never dream of asking because you and I, you know, we inhabit this world of the paranormal. And we we know who Harry Price is, and we know what EVP is, and we know what you know. As as indeed, you know we you know our guests normally do. Um, but Ronnie was asking the sort of questions that it occurred to me. People at home who had never been exposed to anything to do with the paranormal, and you know there are only about twelve thousand paranormalists active in the uk in teams or what have you um after the show i said um would you you know would you consider um co-hosting with me because i think you're asking questions that you know reflect the viewers the listeners and the rest is history Pretty hmm, cool um we you know we we've got our own dynamic it's not dissimilar to to that you and i have you know there's it's a chat show predominantly um mm-hmm. our motto is what could possibly go wrong
1: yeah <laughs> all right and, uh,
0: and and over and over and over we um we demonstrate that and of course you know things have gone horrendously wrong because it was a new station mm-hmm. things like um all of the first year's podcasts have vanished, disappeared. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we lost all them. We burned through guests at a frightening rate, and now we're at the. But you were where
1: you were weekly for a while, were you? We were
0: we were weekly, yeah. And of yeah. course, we are we are not national, regional. You know, we're local, and there are only so many haunted locations, or attractions, or teams, or people with strange hobbies um that you can call upon or and who are willing to talk about you know what they do and after the after the first year we had just exhausted every avenue for guest um you know we were we were on our you know second and third visit from some guests and then we decided it had to go monthly because we were just you know there just wasn't the resources um to cover the subject. So we've we've actually changed, you know, expanded the subject material a little further.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, you know that anything weekly is tough. I mean, the, the Teller of Curious Tales, for instance, was going to do it weekly and I kind of laughed as soon as I heard that. It's like, ah, that ain't going to happen. And no, it, You know, it, it's, 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 a, it's a huge commitment and it's it's a huge uh, piece of your life if you have to give up. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you
0: will know because you do three a week. Three a week. Um, or sometimes, or sometimes, that basically, the second you're off air, you're thinking about the next show. You're lining up guests. Sometimes two or three weeks in. A Usually, I'm week. drinking, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but it becomes, you know, all-consuming. Right. You stop, you stop doing the things that you enjoy doing, you know, because. Oh, I've got to get guests. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. I can't do that because I've got to do this, that, and it ends up taking over everything you do. Right.
1: I mean, that's why it, it, in the Ghost Chronicles radio is why I have the, the the different ones. Is you know, like you and I are, are primarily uh, uh, a talk radio. We, we discuss things. Uh, Anne and I are primarily uh, guest driven, although we do do other stuff as well. And then the, the morning show is just like totally chaos. I mean, it's just whatever we want to do, we do. And then, of course, you go to the affection connection and it's like, all right, I don't know how we got here, but it sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's totally different. That way it makes it fun. Anyway. But yeah, yeah um, it, we, We've explored
0: other avenues of shows, genres of shows as well. Ronnie actually has her own show. Uh, well, it's it's a spin-off of an idea that we both had, um, but The scheduling meant that she decided or we decided it was better that she does it on uh, on her own. And it suits her better than than me. It's called um, It's the Rant Show. And basically it deals with local, political, social, you know, things that people just want to phone up and rant about.
1: Um, yeah, that's, you know what? That's, that's old-time uh, radio. old yeah. WCCM. That's what they used to do, and people would right. call yeah. in. And, you know, and we
0: don't and, have our bins emptied, and yeah. th- this doesn't happen. And where's the budget gone for the roads? And mm-hmm. and, and that really suits Ronnie, whereas I, I'm a bit, you know, I'm not quite as patient. Um, <laughs> we did one together, which was spectacularly um, entertaining which was um, a rant about fireworks and how – well, in Britain, there is a big sort of, oh, no, they frighten your pet
1: cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got that going on here too. uh, Well, it's – you know, this
0: happens every November here in the UK. You know, ban fireworks and, you know, Tiddles the cat
1: can't, you know, she's a nervous wreck. And, 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 and it's in November because of Guy Fawkes correct?
0: And it's in November because we celebrate the only man who ever entered Parliament and government with honest intentions <laughs> uh, to blow it up. Um, so we, we had um, a lady who had a horse or two um, as the guest on this particular. Rancher, which we were both doing, and I was pro fireworks, still am, and this lady was vehemently anti—well, pretty much everything except horses—and <laughs> uh, we clashed. <laughs> you think? <laughs> oh, oh, boy, did we clash! <laughs> Do you yeah. hang up on you, or you hang up on? Her? No, no, no. We were face to face across the studio desk.
1: Oh, really? In the studio. Oh
0: yeah we had this guest in the studio across the desk and she she um she didn't like fireworks uh, or or anything else you know cars people um
1: no just horses really yeah it's probably an alien a one of those yeah. lizard people well
0: are. i play i i i i played her a video clip of some horses in a field um in North Wales, which I have, and they're right next to an RAF base and uh, this horse is, you know, standing in the field, munching grass, um, and an RAF jet fighter goes over its head at about 50 feet landing. And the horse doesn't doesn't do a damn thing, doesn't look up, doesn't stop munching its grass, doesn't throw, you know, God, rear up Probably and... death
1: from the noise.
0: No, I mean we live, we we also live near a, a live uh, a tank live fire range, mm-hmm. and you know all the all the fields surrounding this overlooking the the live fire and these are you know these are Challenger tanks these are the same as the American Abrams battle tank hundred and twenty millimeter guns you can hear them from ten miles away, and the fields are full of sheep and cows and horses and. None of them ever, ever. You never see them perplexed. And I, you know, I've never owned a pet that was nervous of fireworks, because yeah. they pick up on their owner. And if their owner is going, oh, I don't like that. It's making me dumpy
1: Well, they. I, I'll fear this, Steve. I do know some people that, uh, well, that do have animals that are f- afraid of fireworks. And uh, oh, you I know, know lots that, of that that
0: people is, that, that is are thing. afraid of fireworks, but. Only
1: because the owners are. Well, I don't know. I can, I, I kind of disagree with you on that one, but that's oh, right. okay. Because I I don't, like I said I know some people intermittently that uh, do
0: have. Anyway, them. fireworks were always here before animals. Yeah, exactly. There you go. And and you know these people they they walk their horses on the roads, and we have to slow down, and we don't drive around their fields, and they leave. You know, have you seen the size of a horse turd on the road?
1: That was a big ass.
0: Who cleans up? After them? Yeah, and nobody sweeps up after them.
1: All right. So uh, we are you, we're running down <laughs> the time. Yes, you are <laughs> ranting. Uh, but I I actually had something, but I, I don't want to bring it up now. But I could run some more. I know you could, but uh, you know I I do want to mention that uh, we want to. Thank uh, our new latest members of Patreon, which is uh, I, I can't get her whole name. It's only comes in as half a name. So it's it's I think it's Christine Moore. Anyway, she's the newest Patreon member. And uh, John Adamson, of course, one of the most faithful listeners of the show uh, is also uh, the latest Patreon members. And you too can, because we've got new stuff up there uh, that are available only to our Patreon uh, subscribers goes chronicles radio on patreon there's like 30 videos in, including uh, a couple I posted this week one on the uh, uh corpse plant and the other one is on the chess playing ghosts so yeah, you can catch those if you are a patreon member otherwise oh, quick, question, quick question yeah uh, amongst
0: that collection of uh patreon videos is there uh, an extract from a discovery channel program with that
1: that I yeah, yeah, you have some on there, Steve. You have uh, the one on tigers, and you have the one on. Ah, uh, that's the one, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to send one. it
0: over, but I obviously already have.
1: Yeah, and you also have uh, one on ghost hunters, uh, I believe. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, with a couple of other uh, parapsychologists uh, in it as well. Yeah, there, there's a few from you there, Steve. I, you're not forgotten.
0: No, uh, wasn't it, I, I? The question was, have I already sent the discovery? Yes, one, you did. Or is it,
1: right, that was the question. Yeah.
0: Because I was looking out for things to send.
1: Yeah, it could be anything. That's the interesting thing about it. And, and kind of that's what I like about the morning show. It can be pretty much an in- anything. You know, our last Monday's morning show we did on thunder and lightning, which was intriguing. And especially uh, the spark ranger who uh, was hit by lightning seven times in his life.
0: He was not a lucky man. Uh we could do one on exploding
1: glow sticks I think that's a good idea But anyways, we do uh, have to take a break You're listening to Ghost Chronicles International Right here on Toe Jeanette Brought to you by Circles of Wisdom 386 Merrimack Street, Methuen, Massachusetts uh, Our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio On Patreon And the Gallant Messier Family Law Group 15 High Street, in North Andover, Massachusetts And Cir- uh, spur Spirit Quest As well Anyghostproject.com We'll be right back Four five five six six seven eight. The creepy and the kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly gooky. The Parrax family. The shows are paranormal. The stuffy body normal. The topics are abnormal. The Parrax family.
0: They're strange, deranged. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we get. quarter of tonight's two hour ghost chronicles extravaganza this is the international half the first half uh with ron over in new england and a rather tired tiresome me here in west wales yeah yeah anyway so you were you were mentioning spirit quest
1: just before the change yeah 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 uh yep it's uh september uh 30th and october 1st and 2nd right here in groveland massachusetts uh tickets are on sale now they are selling and so uh join us this this one is called uh the twilight zone and uh steve will be there of course as along with uh lance who uh life in the morgue uh, roxy's worker Wiggly curiosities uh Maureen would be would be there as well and uh oh god who else we got there this oh, is a bunch of people but it's gonna be fun i mean it's not just it's not just uh lectures it's not like a paracord it's much more. we have a dinner with a dress-up dinner on friday nights with uh some entertainment uh by uh, the ghostess with the mostess. And uh, you know who that is. I don't even have to mention it. And uh, s- Saturday night we have a bunch of items too, including uh, ghost traps and uh, a panic room, or not a panic room, a, I don't know, some kind of a, like escape skate- room. Well, something like that. I think there's another I one. I like panic room better. Yeah, yeah. It's actually another name for, I forget what it is. And then uh, on Sunday, I know we have uh, a uh, a whole series of things on uh, exploring the power of the mind. So that'll be fun too. Uh, everything from ESP and uh, PK and oh, uh, uh, a bunch of stuff, remote vision. Uh, I can't even go on. It's like ever. But anyways, <laughs> go go to uh, anyghostproject.com. You can find out a hell of a lot more than I can say. And yeah. E ghostproject.com. and then email Ron so he can remember
0: all of this jam packed stuff that he's booked. Um, yeah, it's, it's just yeah. I know, I know. There is absolutely so much of it that,
1: and it's it's not unlike any. Paracon. It isn't. It isn't
0: like a paracon at all.
1: It no, it's, n- I, I, it I like to call it like a, a paranormal retreat. That's the...
0: it's it's very interactive. It's very hands on it's mm-hmm. very friendly mm-hmm. um there isn't the you know with paracons you're herded from place to place and you charge dollars for this and more dollars for that and book signings and um the glitterati from television programs uh, telling you how wonderful they are there's none of that this is this is a bunch of like-minded people spending the weekend together um sharing experiences listening to one another's experiences, perhaps learning something along the way, having some fun. Um, oh, yeah, definitely it's, fun. It's definitely, the emphasis is definitely on fun, whether whether that's the intention
1: or not. <laughs> anyway. All right. So I, I wanted to bring up something because I found out more information. and uh, uh, Okay. You and I have... Uh, a favorite subject and off off of ghosts and Paranormal. And that of course is uh you know the Loch Ness monster, the, the uh, Yeah, and all that stuff. So now uh I, I found a new article, uh a new theory regarding the Pleiosaurus that may be plausible. And this and is, all, is this the fossils. And this is all the results of uh A scientist from the University of Bath and the University of Portsmouth in the UK and the University of Hassan II in Morocco, uh, who surmised that they found paris or plesiosauruses uh, may have lived in uh, freshwater bodies and they found skeletons in a uh, now defunct river, of course. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's what it is. I mean, that's that's kind of cool stuff, isn't it? I mean that's definitely interesting.
0: Um, well, for those who subscribe to the idea that uh, Nessi was a Plesiosaur, yeah, um, then I, I I think this is now you know I'm I am i am a big fan of Nessie um, mm-hmm. Nessie hunting, but on this occasion I think this is this is stretching the elastic of credibility um, because uh, these fossils, as I as I re- recall, were found in the Sahara. Um, and in association with, you know, a long way from the ocean, um, and in association with potential freshwater sites. Right. However, however,
1: ancient yeah. riverbed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. However, uh, if I remember my geology correctly, and I'm fairly certain on that that this is correct, that the whole of the Sahara was once underwater, under an ocean, at the time of the plesiosaurs. Um, and another geologist. Well, uh, probably uh, the whole planet
1: was underwater.
0: Right? Well, no, I mean a geolo- another a leading geologist also pointed this out. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, I was fairly sure it wasn't just my ailing memory um, that the whole of the Sahara was in fact under a you know an ocean at the time. Um, and I don't. I think the Plesiosaur idea of Nessie, i.e., Nessie being a nessisaurus Um, has been dealt with and put to bed many years ago. Um, And this idea that the media, you know, it must be quiet story week because the media um, didn't report the full article in its context. And um, I don't think it adds very much hope to the idea of the Loch Ness Monster being a plesiosaur because I don't think anybody realistically now believes in that notion Um, now had they found a great you know whacking great eel somewhere
1: no Uh, I I I, I kind of uh, I kind of uh, think there is hope well I admire
0: your um, optimism that isn't to say for one minute that I don't Considered the I mean, you can't, you import.
1: can't, you can't say that that, that skeleton, those fossils were the results of the ocean or were they the results of the dried up riverbed. <laughs>
0: no, I can't. And for that exact same reason, nor can the
1: scientists.
0: Right. So, no. but I mean, it comes out, that was a plesiosaur. Now. I don't think since the days of Sir Peter Scott, when he came up with the Nessie terrorist Rombopterix, I think Nessie, anyway, Nessie saurus, that Nessie was a plesiosaur um, notion. And he did the famous oil painting and gave it the name, um, which turned out to be an anagram of, was it Nessie is a hoax? Anyway, um, I don't think any, Nessie enthusiast that I'm aware of still subscribes to the idea of Nessie being a Nessisaurus, a plesiosaur, or, or a dinosaur trapped in the lake by retreating glaciers, or or any of those sort of ideas of it lives in, you know, caves and swims in from the sea and blah blah blah. Um notwithstanding the the simple fact that if Loch Ness was connected to the sea by um underwater caves it wouldn't have very much water in it because it's considerably higher than the ocean Mm -hmm. so that isn't to take anything away from
1: Nessie that being said is do you know where where Loch Ness was during the age of the place of Eosurus? Yes they do um i'm talking about you not they. day
0: well you. i don't because i wasn't there um but geologists do because they've looked at the rocks surrounding it and right looked at, and they've said with a high degree of certainty that actually that part of scotland was joined to um canada uh on your side of the Atlantic. yeah so um
1: and we're, you know the we're talking about are, continental drift if, if people don't know yeah we've drifted
0: about, yeah. apart since then yeah um and you know we got further apart in 1776 but the the uh rocks that formed the north of britain particularly um that region of scotland that contains loch ness are geologically identical to the rocks that form the eastern seaboard of canada uh, just a ways up from you in New England.
1: So there's there's another theory, and I, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. this Nessie's Canadian. Yes, yes, right, because <laughs> he speaks funny. Uh, no, is that Nessie is actually a giant frog. Are you
0: aware of that theory? I'm not. That's, a, that's an absolutely new one on me. An elephant, yeah, a whale's penis. Okay, um, uh, according to... Manner of other.
1: According to uh, dinosaur expert Tyler Greenfield, uh, he has unearthed the 2005 picture of a creature lying at the bottom of the Scottish lake said to be home of the legendary creature. All right. All right. So I have to wait until this little video slows through its garbage. Uh, the creature snapped uh, 325 feet below the surface of the water uh, far deeper than the uh, any other toad could or frog could.
0: So that's the, the, very deep for an, for an air breathing frog. Fro, 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 yeah, 300
1: fro, fro, exactly. Yeah, it's so it's uh, a living toad 325 feet deep at the bottom of a locked nest. Uh, according to... uh, Not at the bottom, because Loch Ness is 900 feet deep. Yeah, well, this particular area was... Yeah. I'm sure it's not 925 feet all the way. No, 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 it's not. Uh, So... I've paddled in it. I'm sure you have, and I am quite envious of you. Which I should have been born British, by the way. I just was
0: thinking about that. We thank we thank Her Majesty every every day that you weren't. Mm. <laughs>
1: There's uh, uh, also uh, other opinions that it may be a giant salamander as well. So I don't know.
0: Anyway, yeah, so- I mean, down the years we've had Nessie as a, a ghost dinosaur. I like that one, ghost dinosaur. Uh, Nessie cover, as cover so a, much with that one. Nessie as a demonic creature. Nessie has a whale's penis. Nessie <laughs> has it. I, like no, I, I kid you not. You can just Google that one now.
1: Nessie is a whale's penis.
0: Yeah. Uh, just Google that one while I continue with Nessie is an elephant. No, I'll or pass on that. <laughs> uh, Nessie is a seal, whale, dolphin, porpoise, uh, beluga, uh, beluga, sturgeon. Uh-huh. Um blah 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 blah. My favorite one, which was told to me whilst I was up at Loch Ness, um, was a sighting of uh what was described as an upturned boat. Now well, that was the sighting that you know we were we were listening to somebody explaining that they'd seen it and they described it as an upturned about the size of a Dory rowing boat. Mm-hmm um and the expert debunker after listening to this said and I quote it was probably just a submerged rock <laughs> okay <laughs> to which i acted i asked well why was a submerged rock 6 feet above the waterline exactly <laughs> <laughs>
1: So in regards to your question about uh, how frogs being down that late uh yeah, right why well, the frog they can absorb oxygen through their skins and stay s- submerged for surprisingly long periods of time. Ah. Uh, so they, and, they, and, and they have that ability. They,
0: and they can get um they get caught in stone, don't they? Um there are there are several accounts, isn't Ripley's um were towed. Yeah, that's
1: wild, isn't it?
0: Yeah, where toads have you know people have knocked open um, boulders and rocks, and the toads climbed out.
1: Yeah, that is wild. I currently, I, I just... if you believe the stories. Well, I mean, you you see um, uh the pictures. Are...
0: <laughs> well, you see you see a still picture of a front of a toad, sort of in a rock or on a rock or near a rock or covered in rock dust. No, us? <laughs> well, you know, there's loads of these crazy fossils, aren't there? There's, I'm sure you've seen some of them as well. Um, oh. There's the f- the fossilized hammer found in three-million-year-old coal mine.
1: Yes, um, I was just going to uh, bring that up because I have the information on that right in front of me because I did that on uh, The Curious World that I did. And yeah. that is uh, – let me get that baby up here. Uh, I have the whole – Story the, Swiss, this.
0: the Swiss watch found um, in an ancient Chinese grave. Mm-hmm. They're all in China. The nail, or is it a screw that's um, threaded through a rock in um, somewhere in North America? Yeah. Found in an old, you know, uh, deep underground in a mine. Yep. The
1: uh, uh, oh god, did I just move that? Yes, I did. Shoot, I, I should never do that. <laughs> I don't believe it.
0: Ah, the joys of live radio. At least you don't yeah. have to deal with an exploding glass.
1: Anyways, star. it was called the London Hammer. Found in London, Texas, in 1936, Max Hammer and his wife, uh, while they were out walking. The hammer is also known as the London Artifact. When the rock in which the the tool was trapped in is allegedly over 400 million years old. The question was then posed, how could, could uh, the tool, obviously made it, uh, way before man existed, could be in rock dated at that time? So, uh, how could that happen? Believed to be made uh, to work uh, with soft metals due to the shape and size of the hammer, uh, it has not rusted since its discovery in 1936. Although parts of the wood handle have begun to form into coal, uh, it's thought to the tool, which is similar to those used in the 1800s, uh, they there's still wondering how it could be stuck in such a old piece of uh, rock. One belief is that, and this is the uh, explanation for it, by the way, uh, one belief is that H, uh, ancient, creation uh, could have been formed around the tool by uh, soluble materials basically you know it, it's uh it's uh, it forms around then it, it hardens and therefore yeah which ex- probably explains might explain some of your frogs those frogs might have been dead and some similar thing happened to it who knows i don't know i wasn't there but there's
0: loads of these wacky out of place artifacts aren't there Wait, do you um, say wacky
1: Well, it is a bit, I mean... I mean, I don't find them interesting, I don't find them wacky. Well,
0: some of them are just plain strange, like the, hence the use of the word wacky, like the uh, Swiss watch, um, which dated from the 1930s, apparently, that was found in, you know, in a rock that was hundreds, thousands of years old. Right. Uh, uh, Sorry, a tomb. Um, Now, is that evidence of time travel? You know, did some time traveler go back and lose their Swiss watch? (laughs) Um, Well, it's a possibility,
1: I suppose. True, you're right. Or another, another dimensional uh, came from another dimension. That's it—a parallel dimension.
0: You know, but there's there's lots of weird stuff that we that in fact archaeologists really don't like. Most museums refuse to display. As an example, if you there are there are within the Cairo Museum. Um, and also in uh, the British Museum, there are ancient Egyptian artefacts which are dated accurately by the hieroglyphs that are on them, uh, recording them, manufacture, uh, you know, Kefru made me, yeah. stamped on it. Um, that the cuts in the stone are clearly, absolutely clearly machine cut. Uh, you know, machine cuts. You can see the tool markings in them and everything else. And yet these are 5,000 years old. Before the advent of steel rotary um, saws for for cutting stone. And yet the ancient Egyptians seem to have mastered it.
1: And and the interesting thing, I mean, you look at, for instance... And there ain't just one. Yeah, you look at the uh, crystal skulls and and what the you know the crystal skulls are, are, are intriguing for themselves but uh you know they the Smithsonian for instance found uh in and, and, and some of them uh, and it the, the problem is you can't date the material itself so therefore yes they they're going they the We didn't have these machines until this period of time, so they dated it as that. But what if there was ancient tools that were lost in time? Well, I I think
0: that's that's probably um, the case because there are some exhibits in the Cairo Museum that were found in the Mm -hmm. Napoleonic era by French explorers. Um. Who were looking for Egyptian artifacts? Napoleon sent a great expedition to Egypt uh, to to collect and document, and in fact, he produced one of the um, one of the first recordings of things like the Sphinx um, and other, you know, uh, big statuary and and um, temples and such. Uh, but in amongst those. Uh, artifacts that were gathered together and ultimately ended up in the Cairo Museum. And so they've been in the same place since the start of the 19th century, you know, because the Napoleonic expedition was right at the start of the 19th century, 1801 or two. Um, so they've known where they are. And several of the, not just one or two, but there are numerous holes that are clearly machine-bored, in, in perfectly symmetrical holes drilled through the granite, which is impenetrably hard, and there are machine marks. These things are, are clearly machine-drilled, and yet they had those holes in them in 1800. So clearly a, a tool of some sort existed, and archaeologists say, oh, well, they, they, they got a stick and they they dipped it in sand and then they rubbed it back and forth and they, they bored these holes that way. Um, but they've never been able to replicate it by doing that because that's beneath archaeologists to do that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are these weird out-of-place artifacts and there are many of them in museums, but museums don't display them they don't acknowledge them and they, you know, they come up with these ideas about how they were produced that don't make any sense at all. In fact, the ideas sound even crazier than
1: I yeah. know. I know that's the thing, you know, I mean, and we, we take it for granted that we can't do certain things, you know, uh, and, and we have, you know, items like, uh, uh, what's that one? I was just uh, thinking about, uh, deliverable livermore, uh, light bulb, which is in, uh, yeah, still burning. Still burning, California. Yeah. It's been burning since 1901.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a an iron um, pillar mm-hmm. uh, in India that's mm-hmm. open, been open and exposed to the elements for hundreds and hundreds of years, and yet resolutely refuses to rust.
1: Yep. There's, there's the, the Babylon the, battery. Yeah, there's another one. There's the uh, Beverly clock. And the Beverly clock, we know how it was made. It was, I mean, who made it? It was a mechanical weight-driven clock similar to a grandfather clock uh, that hasn't needed winding since 1864. It was built by Arthur Beverly in 18... Uh, Arthur Beverly, a Scottish-born clockmaker, mathematician, and astronomer who emigrated to New Zealand in 1857. He built the famous clocks for the... New Zealand exhibit in 1865. It was first wound in 1864. So, I mean, we are capable of doing amazing things.
0: I I mean, it's disingenuous to suggest that, you know, man didn't build the pyramids or or these big, you know, megaliths because obviously we did. And those people are are the same as we are. They have the same level of intelligence and ability to figure stuff out. Um, But where it unravels is there is no evidence of these tools i know and yet yet clearly the tools existed because or i say there's no evidence of the tools themselves other than the marks of the tools made on the granite right so you have this um you know if you showed it to an engineer, and you say, how do you do it? Oh, you look, you can see the drill marks. It's quite clearly a drilled hole. Well, it was right. done 4,000 years ago. Oh, no, they couldn't possibly have done it. It's not a drill hole. Mm-hmm. And then you get ideas of, oh, it must be alien technology. It must be, you know, yeah, the, the aliens yeah. did it, and then they... I mean, I saw one uh, quite recently where the argument was, well, why haven't we found any of these uh, this alien technology, these tools mm-hmm. used for cutting, boring, drilling, and fixing... Stones in precise geometric patterns, and uh, the explanation by the saucer uh, ufologist who believed in this was: oh, the aliens just put them all in a box and took them home. No, it's plausible. They may have taken them home. That's true. But you know, but when... I don't know
1: about you. It looks like uh you know. I, I I've you know put my weight tools away. Sometimes I've,
0: I've forgotten. oh. Yeah, it, every, you know, it, it's a human trait, isn't it, to put something down and, and, oh, do you know what? I've just forgotten about that one little thing. I mean, the whole of archaeology is founded upon things that were left behind, dropped, forgotten, and missed. Because if everybody had taken this stuff home, we wouldn't know very much about our history. And right.
1: there we are. Anyways, so... I guess it's uh, time for the end of the show, so we got to wrap it up. Uh, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International, which Steve Parson and Ron Kolick, right here on Toadnet Radio. Uh, brought to you are brought to you by our very good friends on the Dead Air Society. Those are uh, Ghost Chronicle Radio on Patreon members, and uh, there are a, a, over 30. I guess it's close to 40 uh, videos that are exclusive only to our patreon Jeffers, go check that out ghost Chronicles radio on patreon also uh check out uh steve's coming over here to the states in the fall check out ne ghost project at i know any com and uh keep an eye on it and it will be posting all his uh events he'll be doing uh here in the states so that's definitely worth checking out as well so anyway we need the last word I know, but it's such a shot one, and I have 30 seconds, so I don't know. Well, well, there we are. There you go. You know, 30 seconds, and it's over. Can you say it slowly? I could. I could. (laughs) And and I will, (laughs) because it's going down. Anyways, today's uh, last word is brought to you by uh, author Emily Dickinson, uh, who, upon her... These are our last words just before death. I must go in. The fog is rising. And that's the last word because we got to go, and the fog is rising.